Hey, I'm Alina. I am a 24 years old now and I did UIP. Well, I'm kind of out of it, but I started in 2014 and I mostly did admin related stuff, uh, including chairing, but my focus was definitely on improving RNC. And yeah, I also did a lot of safe person stuff. And currently I am just finishing up a bachelor in politics. And so I have all my choices open for me right now. Oh yes, way too informal. We need formality in our podcast. You've seen the way we the way we do things. So, um, starting our podcast with Alina. So, I I do find that in UIP there is this, or at least beforehand. If I think a decade ago, it was almost an admiration for alcohol in UIP beforehand, but a zero tolerance policy for drugs. So, if you get caught smoking some weed, then that's it, you know, you're basically kicked out of UIP, don't come here again, what are you doing? If you down a bottle of vodka, then it's like, hey, yeah. <laughs> you know, I had that for so long and it was just so weird. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I think when I was on the board, I have to say I did take myself potentially a bit too seriously, <laughs> um, where no. I wasn't very... No, it, it happens, you know, I think everyone is like, <laughs> guilty of it, um, but it was... I don't know, I think in particular with EIP Luxembourg, we have this really, really horrible reputation of having like free wine at each and every single one of our conferences. And it's like, I am, I tried so hard to get rid of that like stigma or like whatever you want to call it. I guess it's not a stigma because it's not a bad thing in, in context of EIP, but I really, really tried. But it's just stuck since the very first session in Schengen. And everyone's just like, hashtag free wine. And everyone knows, knows it's Luxembourg. And yeah, what can you do? I mean, what can you do? they use it to advertise your sessions on the, on the Facebook group. <laughs> I saw that. And do. I'm also on the advisory board. And I was this close to like making a comment. And I said, I literally do not have the energy. Like it's been, what, eight years now? <laughs> like <laughs> I, I tried. I did try. And I can now humbly say I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> and then if, if you kind of compare other other substances so if you think of um one thing that eyp really really focuses on is getting everyone hyped up on caffeine right yeah. caffeine is a drug and Absolutely. we really focus we say okay we need coffee breaks coffee breaks and if you have a coffee break without coffee people are like what is going on we need coffee because we need energy 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 the thing Absolutely. is if you overload yourself with caffeine then you're less able to step back and be aware of your surroundings you're less able to be in touch on like an uh like an eq level on like on that emotional side with using like empathy it's like very similar to saying okay let's let's give all participants a bunch of adderall or ritalin in order for them to study hard and focus and get this resolution <laughs> out right wait if we said that that would sound like absolute ridiculous yeah Agreed. we're like coffee let's just keep them vibing <laughs> on coffee their, their bodies are telling them they should stop and they should rest but what do we, what do, we do let's just give them some more coffee <laughs> no it's terrible um i think like uh, for sure we I think at EOP Luxembourg, at least we try to acknowledge it a bit more. We we try to kind of say, okay, coffee break, 
should not just be for coffee. It should also be for like nutritional stuff, like you know, providing <laughs> fresh food, not just biscuits mm -hmm. and sugar. And I, I, we did try and do something about it, but there is like a weird like caffeine addiction culture in the in UIP. And I don't know. It's it's weird because I actually realized this because I. I'm not diagnosed with ADHD or anything, but I definitely feel like there are a lot of overlaps with symptoms. <laughs> and I realized that I get super tired with caffeine. Like every time I have a coffee, I get super, super tired. And I, re I think like caffeine, I don't know where I'm trying to go with this, but I'm just saying, I don't know how other people feel about it, but caffeine sometimes is just not the solution. And you have to figure out other ways to go around giving yourself some energy. Like sleeping seven hours for once <laughs> during a session uh, so it's also like what you said about sugar like if if it's not caffeine then it's pushing people full of cookies and chocolate yeah. like how how is that any healthier having a sugar high over any other type of high yeah, <laughs> you could really see it like the moment you you don't like the moment I stopped eating like chocolate and cookies and I went to an EYP coffee break, I was like, there's nothing for me here. It's all just empty color. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's like, a, I think we call it like, I don't know, I guess it's a UK thing, but we just call it like gray food, anything that's just sugary and, <laughs> you know, and it's, um, no, but I, I do think that I actually do pride, uh, I'm proud of RNC for actually working on it because we, I remember for one of our big conferences, like the IF, we had like a fridge that was just in the communal area and it just contained a bunch of fruit and vegetables and people could nice. just grab it and even if they're just taking a small break that doesn't have to be a coffee break and we made and it was just leftovers from coffee break and i think you know making sure that habits like that are then mm. disseminated throughout like other sessions as well i think it's just important and yeah i, I think people i i think that's like my main because obviously like, i'm out of eyp now i'm i think it'll be very interesting if I were to decide to go back into it but I think that was my main problem with it is that you just become so hyper focused on making sure the session goes 100% right and you forget that the bigger picture is probably even more important than getting I don't know the correct cookie brand or <laughs> like <laughs> and I, I think that was something I had to really overcome and reflect on once I took a big extended break from EYP. It's, it's funny how we kind of like look back and realize things, but I only really re realize things way after it happens uh, with, with those kind of addictions or those those focuses that we have. There, there was something that I I would always, well, I never saw it as an issue. I was like, yeah, this is just normal until after I'm like looking back thinking this is this was actually pretty fucked up, which is every EYP session I would go to, I would be sick on the third day. Second slash third day, I would always be sick and that would just be normal. I'll be like, this is what happens. And I understood why it happens. And it was like, okay, this, this is how it goes. I go to the EYP session on the first day and then I do so much, do so much. And then there's food, the food I'm maybe not too much of a fan of. So I have a little bit, but probably not that much, or maybe I even skip a meal or something like this. And then by the time it gets to the nighttime, I'm really hungry, but it's like, well, we'll have food tomorrow uh, so then i wake up the next day because uh, i'm you know too busy doing other things instead so i wake up the next day and then i get so hungry the next morning that i can't really eat so it goes to breakfast and then i can't really eat anything because i'm too hungry and then that rolls into the lunch and i then have that same pattern then second day i hardly eat anything and then i start to get bad and then <laughs> i have to then just try to 
somehow throw any kind of like sugar thing into me to kind of get me back up and stimulate and then started hitting lots of coffees. And I realized I was doing that session after session after session. And it was just like, this is my normal thing. This is just how it is. And that's okay. But when you kind of look back at it, you're like, this is, this is pretty messed up. The things that we considered acceptable for ourselves. Yeah. And then the safe person comes in and tells you how important it is for you to have proper rest and take care of your well-being when the entire like meal plan and the session schedule doesn't allow for you to do that in a sustainable way it's like greenwashing it's like the plastic industry telling us to recycle it's not it's yeah. not eyp's problem that you're not dealing with yourself at the session <laughs> Yeah, it almost sounds like like speaking of addictions, like it almost is like an addiction to stress almost. I think I I for sure was victim of it. Like I I was I think I put so much pressure on myself because I you know how like in EYP you tell yourself, you know, everyone tells you, you know, you, you should always ask for help, you should always like, you know, seek out someone that can help you, but for me at least, I never felt like I should because it was my responsibility and I just didn't I just felt like I would not have achieved my main responsibilities or duties or goals if I were to go seek out some help and even if I was asking for help it was very strategic help so it would be very much on my terms and if it was someone coming in saying no let me do this I would get super angry I said no this is just leave me be like you're being annoying stop but I think it was definitely like a cycle and like I was thriving on I guess having so much responsibility or the illusion of it and it it does now thinking back at it it feels a bit like an addiction like I really I liked it but I hated it at the same time and I was like okay like you know let's 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 get this going like let's do this like I remember um the first taste of it was actually Nathan like you you presided my session like the <laughs> the session I hate showed for the like that was my first time showing and I remember I was I was on it like <laughs> I felt so cool to- <laughs> I was like, yeah, like this is my first taste of responsibility and independence and like adultness. And I was, I don't know, I was just like running around and like, you know, like with a, I don't know what you call it, like a beat to my step. What was that expression? Yeah. <laughs> um, and then I remember like the slightest thing would go wrong and it would feel like the world is shattering around me. Like, I don't know if you remember this, but there was a moment, <laughs> the day of GA, where no one had remembered to do the GA presentations, because I know now it's like GA stats or whatever, but uh, yeah, yeah. and then you stood there like on the corner, and Patrick is just like lambasting me, like he's he's just like saying, you know, he's, he's being, he's so angry, he's like, why did you not think of this, like how dare you, and I know in the time, he probably wasn't even that harsh, but in my head I thought, my god, I'm going to jail, like I am 100% gonna get arrested <laughs> any moment, and everything. Well, you were, you were arrested for it, right? Oh yeah, true, I forgot about that. um but yeah it's just it's it's kind of a high to have that much responsibility at least it was for me that's true and it kind of links to something with joe we've been speaking about before which was how how even even if let's say the whole program finishes at 10 p.m and you've had food you've had everything and you're kind of good to go to bed you're kind of like no i'm gonna stay up till three four o'clock in the morning anyway and it's almost as if you, yeah, this addiction addiction to st- 
yeah, addiction to stress. It's almost you're kind of seeing how how little sleep could I have and still perform, or how much can I drink the night before and still be okay to deliver a training or to do things with my committee the next day. And so almost we're trying to push ourselves into these like really really difficult scenarios to be like, yes, I've made it and I've kind of the ability to do this, and we we almost kind of praise it in a certain way that if you're going to give recognition to people, you're going to give recognition to the people who did so, so, so much and hardly had any sleep to do anything because they were just grinding and grinding and grinding and grinding. And then we kind of give these praise to it. So yeah, it's almost as as if we've kind of created this culture of being addicted to stress, to coping in difficult conditions, uh, trying to numb your brain, whether it's with lack of sleep, whether it's with alcohol or different things like that, and still being able to be a high performer. Yeah, absolutely. I think, I don't know, I think like even with measures in place, like, because I was a safe person for um, quite a lot of sessions, and then I ended up also being national safe person for a bit. I think no matter how much you try to put in place, like having like a session wide curfew, or I don't know, just giving leadership strict instructions on, okay, so after this point, no more meetings and whatever, or it's just, I think with the high pressure, especially if it's like a smaller session or whatever, it's you just have to get some stuff done because it's just part of it. And I think it makes me reflect, especially on organizing, because with organizers, they just have to get up and going. Like it's, it's especially for smaller NCs, like when you don't have that many people that are available, they just have to overperform. And it's seen as, you know, oh, you're going to be an organizer and it's going to be really fun. Yay. And then actually it's people just giving everything of themselves, their mental health, their physical health in order to just do labor. <laughs> and it's just... I, I just find that awful thinking back at it and I and I there's no and then sometimes they just go very much like unthanked because even if we have you know a media team and a chairs team that has very good structures for personal growth and personal development and there's things like that in place it's it's more and more difficult to do that for organizing teams but obviously I haven't, I haven't been involved as much with sessions anymore so I hope that has changed a bit but from the session I attended literally last year which was RNC, I remember like the organizers were stressed. Like it was, it, it's a very high stress environment and you have to do what you have to do because there's no real out. Like you have people there and my God, like even having to do a session like in the pandemic, like it's, it's maddening. Like, I don't know how, I don't even know how that was feasible. Like having to do the testing and the, the funding for it as well to make sure everyone is tested every day and, the masks and the, the 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 precautions you have to take and it's a lot <laughs> you know it's a fucking pandemic like if you're if you don't wanna if you're not willing to risk getting the disease then just don't go to a mass event like it's it's a very simple equation i don't know i was thinking about this as well like especially with uh i guess the pandemic was a good thing because then if we if we oh oh my god uh, we're gonna quote you we are quoting you so when we post about this on social media we're like cool we're, we're having a great chat with alina and to sum up our conversation i guess the pandemic was a good thing no 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 you're, alina dicti- Khan, 2022. <laughs> you're taking words out of context that's, that's not what i meant no i was trying to say that i was reflecting on this with a friend and we because because you know i mean obviously uh with the climate crisis i was thinking you know what can uyp do to actually help out right 
And a friend of mine, I think it was Jose actually, he said that the best thing to do is just to quit, like just to stop traveling <laughs> because like we do cause a lot of traffic. Like it's it's a uh, it's a lot of people like, you know, going around and, and I guess like it that is the way to resolve it. And I think but it's obviously not true, like he was exaggerating. But it's more of a it's more a reflection of like the pandemic did bring everything to a halt and i think it would be good to see what the next steps are because i know like the the pandemic sessions did help a lot with diversity and outreach so because people that you know obviously are not able to travel even if there's grants provided they were able to participate which is just which mm-hmm. is lovely but yeah it it did help uip reflect on you know what they need to do and where they need to improve and I think that's good but obviously the pandemic of course was very unfortunate like I'm like just please do not <laughs> please do not take my words like that <laughs> mm-hmm. we'll, we'll see if our, our listeners are forgiven of you or not on that basis no, I'm sorry <laughs> like yeah I I definitely see what you mean there in terms of like COVID's impact on the environmental side but on the other side if, if we think about in how many places, especially over the past decade, has been moving more and more anti-immigration, more and more right-wing propaganda kind of stuff coming out. It's only, I'd say, these days where more and more of my friend groups are non-EYPers. I start to see the incredible thing that EYP can bring to people. And they kind of say, oh, this is amazing that you've been able to go to this place and understand people from this culture and this culture and this culture. And almost anyone I meet around Europe these days, I've either been to their home city or their home country or know a couple of words of their language. And it's already this opening for me to then explore. And it helps with the open mindedness and the tolerance and stuff. So there's so 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 much in terms of a societal good that is kind of created from our sessions beyond just our own yeah it was fun to be there or something like this and I think that thing itself kind of needs us to travel around so although that is at the expense of the climate and that is horrible it's really difficult to balance those because it's saying if doing the things that we do where we do travel around and we do these cultural exchanges and stuff it can really open our eyes and actually help us become a greater activist in so many different areas but at the same time the process of doing so is pretty shitty you can kind of think of it like electric batteries for cars right as soon as you have one of them in your car it's awesome you're not using fuel but the amount, the process of actually building that electric battery is not the greatest process in the world. <laughs> you yeah. know? Yeah. If EYP produces one of the great policymakers of the future that does something cool around climate change, then that's going to offset every single flight that every single EYP has taken so far. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. I mean, it's it's something that I think people just should be a bit more conscious of it. Because I think, especially like I used EYP as a massive escape, so it's exactly right. Like I think that was the problem is that because, I mean, you know, I I may not, because okay, this is a whole other debate, and I guess we can get into it in a bit, but it's more that I had the privilege of like being able to fund myself and travel, and I I definitely didn't. I just thought, okay, this is an option for me. Like, I didn't think like, ah, oh, should I weigh? Should I go? Should I not? Like, it wasn't like a, a discussion I had with myself. My my discussion was more, do I have the time for this? Or, you know, are there, 
is that the kind of like is that where I want to go it wasn't like oh you know maybe I should put my fundings to something else like I really did have the privilege of just being able to do what I wanted to do I guess that was something I also saw with other people where they were doing sessions like 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 I don't know however many sessions like during a year without like really giving thoughts of like okay should I <laughs> no we're, I mean we're all good that was always <laughs> towards Nathan <laughs> <laughs> I mean you're not the only one you know what what he's saying is true is that um i so i I did this thing that as i was leaving uni after i finished my bachelor's i kind of went to work in farms i saved up a bunch of money to then pay for a master's but then i managed to get that master's kind of for free on a grant so then i was like oh i have money here what should i do i did 14 sessions in 12 months (laughs) but yeah like the, the fact that i will i kind of thought of yeah sod it let's just spend this and then go in the red and then deal with that later that definitely comes from that part of privilege of knowing of being quite sure of myself that very soon I'd be able to get myself back out of debt and then that would be an okay thing to do yeah I mean that is a again like it's not it's it's not something to feel super guilty about now because it's done but it's it's more that I just hope that that is a thing that is acknowledged that in EYP, once you are in it, like you want to, because you obviously care about these people and you make such deep connections in a very, very short time, like time frame, you're like, I need to go see them again. Like I need to, I need to go to this place and whatever. And you become obsessive over it. I mean, I was definitely. And, and I think, I hope that that is something that is understood because down the line, I also massively realized that because I cared so much, and again, I'm not trying to like say, oh, look, look at me, I'm some, I don't know, some holier than thou person. But because I cared so much, I really didn't prioritize my own boundaries or I didn't really care for my own mental health. And then at the end of the day, I also was put in a place of responsibility and I also didn't care about other people's mental health. And in some points, because I was just like, how could you not care? Like, how could you not want to do more? And mm. it definitely took a toll on me. And I think it's it's more about learning like personal growth in EYP for me is about understanding your boundaries and even if you think that you you can hack it really can't <laughs> and you should you should be a bit more conscious of okay do I want to commit to this do I need to do this like no you don't <laughs> yeah it's kind of a realization we've come to in a lot of episodes so far it's like EYP a part of what you get from it is knowing those boundaries of yourself because you end up testing them and that's the only way to know them like um, you might understand it later afterwards <laughs> after you've already put yourself to it for some years <laughs> but still yeah and it's it's a weird thing because i feel like i don't know how it was with you guys but like i had a super abrupt ending to my eyp stuff so like i did hamburg um which was me chairing and then afterwards i was supposed to like chair warsaw and then i didn't because of the pandemic and because of other responsibilities and then i never really got my closure but i also felt like i didn't necessarily need it because of all these realizations that i had where i I said you know i am putting myself out like i'm i am giving a massive part of myself every single time i do a session and do I really want to do that still? Like, am I really in a place where I'm able to give so much of myself every time? I think that is my, yeah, that is my main problem with EYP now upon reflection is that it's not even an illusion of like caring it, it you, cause you deeply care about the people that you meet, but it's just that you care so much and then that's why you just want to keep giving. And at some, and you have to realize like, can't, 
and it's good to realize that and say no (laughs) and a, a, a lot of these things are really things that maybe we even heard before from somebody and they could have said those exact words to us and they we wouldn't have we would have thought we understood those words but we wouldn't have understood it the way that we understand now so it's almost as if someone kind of has to go through those experiences and has to go through those failures in order to then be able to build themselves to this kind of level of mental aware of like of awareness and to mental health i guess you can kind of think of it like a, a team building game right we when we're in we're in committee work or so when we've got our committee we create problem solvers that we give to the committee in order for them to fail in order for them to argue so then they can learn something and then they construct something better uh we can't just go in and give them the answer if we go in and give them the answer of oh you should be talking this way it just doesn't work they kind of have to go through the experience and then they have to learn the hard way and then they have to have like the safe space to debrief and then to kind of come back up. But maybe talking from the top of my mind now, maybe that's one thing that we're slightly missing. And maybe that's what I know this podcast is also about, which is having this debriefing stage within that problem solver. You go through the shit, but then afterwards you debrief it and then you have your lessons learned. And I guess what we do a lot on this podcast is we do lots of introspection, lots of reflections on what did we experience? How was that? What are, what are we using this for and stuff? And maybe that's something that there isn't always those opportunities in UIP. It's like you go into your sessions, into your sessions, into your sessions. But is there always that space to then kind of debrief your sessions and debrief what you learn from it? And in this vein of debriefing this experience of okay we talk about this in such a in a way negative light knowing what you know now what would you do differently would you change those events that you went to would you change what you learned from it in a way nope because the whole universe is predestined oh dear that's a whole other pandora's box in it (laughs) well from a physics and philosophical perspective you know (laughs) <laughs> but sorry <laughs> no so you but really the, do believe in determinism uh from from a from a like physics perspective but um but but i but okay but within this <laughs> without trying to destroy the question like that okay, <laughs> within this actual thought experiment let's say if there was a possibility to change something when you kind of go back i would definitely be on the mindset of no because after i'm only where i am and i have the thoughts i have today and the experience and whatever i am today because of all these tiny little breadcrumbs in the background and i have no idea how they connect to each other it's i can try to draw things and be like oh when this experience happened that's that's made me more of a this person i can try to create generalizations and shit like this to build a narrative but really there are so many hundreds of thousands of these little things that happen in these sessions and i and yeah, I'm like, well, that led me to this. And I'm like, well, that's cool. Whether those were good moments, whether those were bad moments, whatever they were, they've just kind of like led me to this. So I, I wouldn't be in the mind to kind of regret something or to change things. Yeah, I would agree, I guess. Because at the end of the day, I I did gain so much out of it. Like even if even through my mistakes and everything. And it's like, I mean, I wouldn't necessarily call them mistakes either. It was just sometimes things just don't work out and I don't necessarily have any like regrets in EYP you know maybe okay I'm okay 
sometimes. I'm not going to get into it, but <laughs> there are definitely some things I do regret. But in general, I agree. Like if I if I hadn't made those decisions, I wouldn't be the person I am today. I also think that one of the main things I learned is when when someone does mess up, the the one thing that I always appreciated and the most important thing was if they acknowledged that they messed up and that they were making an attempt to fix it. And I think like accountability is something that, you know, I always hugely respected and I also learned the importance of it. And that's also how I operate in my day-to-day life. So if I ever messed up on some, like because of some, some, some of my own, I don't know, flaws or whatever, I would always make sure to acknowledge it, take accountability for it and make sure that I fix it. And I think that is hopefully, I, I think it's a good lesson. It's, it's a good thing to have in your repertoire of skills. Uh, what about you, Joe? Uh, yeah, I mean, definitely. I think I've done a lot of mistakes in EYP, but a lot of them have also really impacted the way I view the organization and I view others in it and how I, as a leadership person, for example, approach it. Like, there's a lot of <laughs> don't don't repeat my mistakes and the mistakes that other people have done towards me are mistakes that I don't want to repeat with my people. So this is a big part of the learning. But then we have these kinds of reflective conversations and we're like, oh, yeah, no, you, should, you shouldn't party and you shouldn't uh, push yourself to the limit, but you should take care of yourself. But then if we look at it back at it ourselves, we wouldn't do a thing differently. That's very true. And I say so in, in Yerevan, in my in my kind of like last speech thingy magic um I, I remember I, I kind of like talked about exactly like this idea and it was stealing a lot of it from Steve Jobs and one thing that he says is you can only connect the dots looking backwards as the dots appear you have no idea what why they're here or what you're doing and it's only afterwards you can connect them so like I said before you know I I saved up a, a ton of money and then I had enough for my master's uh, I got a grant for it. Then I was like, okay, what should I do? Well, the like the the better thing for me to do at that time would have been like, okay, let me get a part-time job, do my part-time master's, settle down in London. I have enough savings. Let's invest this in myself, in my education. Let's really kind of continue through. Let's really focus on this and I can set myself up nicely. But of course I decided not to. I was like, oh, this EYP thing's really fun. Let me just like binge <laughs> sessions. And then by the time it got to March 2016, I ran out of money. I was in, uh, I was in, let's see, in Dilijan in Armenia. And that was, I think, day two or day three of the session over there. We had like a five-day forum. And that was the day that I finally managed to blow through all of my savings and went into the minus. And I was like, okay, now I'm going to have to survive in minus until I finally get a job. <laughs> to try to somehow account for this stuff i thought to myself why the hell am i doing this like people told me time and time again like why are you doing this like you attended a few different sessions like why do you just keep binging one after the other after the other of yeah you can't really be learning more from them can you because you're doing the same roles you're kind of doing this thing again and again maybe you should be a bit more sensible with how you spend your time and your money and stuff like this but for me there was just something inside that was like this feels right and this is like connecting the dots. I have no idea until later on. And there was, I was talking to this random delegate and I said to him, can you teach me something in Armenian? He was like, okay. He said, Porshka Yasurachem. 
I was like, okay. So I learned to say that. I was like, what does this mean? And without knowing anything about my background or my story or anything like this, it's an Armenian saying, which is, I have no money, but I'm happy. And I was like, yes, yes, I like this. Thank you for that. I needed that right now. And like later on when I was going for my my first interviews for, for this like leadership role in Apple, every single question they asked me, I had a perfect answer from the past six months of sessions that I had done. They're like, okay, tell me uh tell me about a time where you had to manage a conflict within the team. I was like, okay, well, three months ago I went to vice preside this event in Istanbul and we had a terrorist attack and start going through the details and stuff you know okay tell me about the time when this happened well over there in you know you just like pointed to different sessions and different things and and like today looking on that time I spent there it makes so much sense of why I did all these things but that only ever makes sense when you look backwards at the stuff and in the moment you just have no idea what you're doing or why you're doing it but it's okay because maybe it'll make sense in the future. Yeah, I guess the kind of answer here isn't necessarily, okay, how do we, or like, I guess the question, if we ask that, okay, how do we then try to get the most complete experience out of EYP in this sense? I guess the answer is not then let's either completely try and only care for our well-being, but it's also not let's just completely discard our well-being and try to do the most extreme EYP experience you could ever have. But raises another interesting question to how do we then try to push ourselves into doing EYP in a way that would enrich our lives in this way, not just for fucking job interviews, but it's it's everything in our lives. Like we can't imagine ourselves as (laughs) what we were before we had had EYP in our lives or what it would be without it. Like how do we then take EYP and do it in a way that we would try to gain as much out of it as you could. What do you guys think? Well, when you say that, what comes to my mind is it's almost trying to say trading, trying to say getting rid of an experience, then you don't have that experience anymore, where it should be more trading to a new experience. So for example, let's say somebody goes to MUN and they have to defend a, not their own opinion, they have to defend another country's opinion and they have to represent that no matter what because that's what they they have to do in that organization. You could kind of look at some benefits of going through that experience and say, well, if you remove that experience from them, then they're not really going to be learning how to defend a certain point of view that isn't their own, etc., but in EYP, we change that and we say, no, just defend yourself, whatever you think with your team and have a discussion. And that opens a whole bunch of new experiences and new things for them to go through. So if let's say we're moving to a space where there's less focus on alcohol, less focus on caffeine to go through or everything, less focus on just sugar highs and actual focus on sleeping, actual focus on taking consent into account and like these kind of things then maybe we create a new type of experience within these safe spaces that people can connect on a deeper level people can include other people that wouldn't have normally been included and would have been spoken over and so maybe it just opens up a whole new set of experiences that we haven't actually seen that much in uip yeah that's uh it's very true i mean it i think I guess it's also just proof that there's value in each and every experience, though, because like even if you 
for instance, I mean, with UIP, I do think it's a lot more about the self and it's about, you know, it's a lot less about like, let's say, at least for me, like the academics and the topic that you're discussing, it's more about how you approach it. And it's about how you choose to, how you choose to express your values and how that is reflected in the end product. And but it's also about how you express your values throughout the session and the people that you meet and how you carry that on. But I guess like with friends, because for me, like I'm trying to, it's kind of on the question of how do you move past the EYP framework and how do you implement that? Like, how do you just take your experiences and put it into your post EYP life, let's say? With with MUN, you gain other skills, like you learn how to like defend something else, which is just a whole other rigor. Like it's it's like, it's not the, it's not the same kind of, experience but it's definitely like an, on a similar level of you learn a whole different other skills but I think in terms of like with EYP like moving past this whole like you know trying to understand EYP trying to do this I guess like I mm, this is hard actually I'm gonna try and rephrase myself well I guess it's less a question and more of a train of thought that we're on about different experiences like you said that there are there are just different experiences and you every experience you can get something out of it mm-hmm. and I guess one of the questions that we're then faced with is all is, is basically the Rick and Morty question which is if if everything if there are an infinite number of parallel universes if there's just infinite everything if there's infinite different experiences that you can go through and every single experience can give you something then why defend one why is one important? Why is doing things a certain way? Why is creating a safe space then important? If not having a safe space also creates experiences and every experience gives you something. It's not an easy <laughs> thing to answer, but like I guess that's what our kind of conversation is pointing at. Yeah, I guess you're right. You're right. That is literally what I was trying to say. It's that no matter what path you end up taking, whether it's in EYP whether it's not you like that is who you're meant to be in this universe I guess <laughs> but I mean I'm I'm very happy that I gained the skills that I did through EYP but like and I'm sure that I would be probably a bit of a different person if I hadn't done EYP but surely this also means that I would have found something else that would allow me to be the person I am today because I, I ooh, this is getting very philosophical but I feel like I am truly myself today like I really am who I am you know I feel very very much connected with my values and I understand what I like and what I don't like I like my boundaries it's still obviously a work a work in progress but I couldn't imagine myself being another version of myself it feels like a very complicated thought but it probably is very simple but yeah but I guess what I'm trying to say is that like I would have ended up being the person I am today because of other things that were just in place already like my family structure and the way I was raised and you know I would have flourished into this person anyway or maybe that's just hopeful thinking (laughs) I think one realization from our previous recording that's going to be really important as a nuance here is that as these experiences are important the answer to try and improve the EYP experience is not ban alcohol, ban coffee, force everyone to sleep eight hours a night. It's enabling people to create good environments for themselves. And by, you know, having enough breaks in the schedule, having people if that want to party, party in rooms where they don't disturb other people that are trying to sleep and trying to like not take it as a not force people to try and take care of their well-being because that just doesn't work like have people create their own 
experience, create their own boundaries, and they discover those at their own terms instead of forcing something upon them, like a session-wide curfew, as you mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. It is hard though because, like, I, I'm, I don't want to sound too like maternalistic or paternalistic or whatever, but I do think that there are some things that you know we should obviously give them the freedom to decide what they want to do you know like of course if they want to like party until whatever time and you know I, I think as long as it's encouraged at least by the leadership to you know not exhaust yourself in that way I, I think that is important because we should you know we should make sure that they aren't we aren't replicating unhealthy habits from the past because I, I do I do see it as a problem I think like what the if we are gonna stick to the topic of like addictions and stuff like what I also realized a lot was smoking like smoking was a big thing where I don't know I felt like I have problems with nicotine now as well but um it wasn't necessarily through UIP but I definitely felt like these very very norm awfully normal like standards that are in society where you know when you go out you because you know we know the concept of social smokers like it's and it's the fact that it's replicated also in UYP is kind of frustrating because that just shouldn't be the case but yet it is because that's just because again UYP does reflect societal norms as well I guess this is a whole other topic where you know we kind of like to create a space of UYP where we just think that it's us and that's it but no like the we are a reflection of the society that we're part of and we should acknowledge that a lot more and yeah that counts for class issues as well that counts for you know uh, very socially ingrained habits that we just can't detach ourselves from and I guess and that is super hard to unlearn like it, it is such a hard task like you know we're not perfect I like I mean I know how much like I've my friends have struggled with it like I know how much of a struggle it is but as long as there is an acknowledgement of it and we keep on continuing to try and mitigate it yeah. at least I think that's important that's true and thinking about what you said there of like we are a reflection of the society um when you kind of think like what is uip uip is a collection of different ncs in essence and then yes there are some international governance structures to help guide to help kind of core fundraising and stuff like this but in general it's just about 40 plus different ncs who do their own thing and each one of them work based on those countries values based on you know that they are formed by those different pockets so i kind of found well i think i did like 20 20 uip countries uh by the end so every single like nc i would go to there would be completely different experience yes there would be some overlap in terms of the structures in terms of the way we do certain things at the session but like the way i know the, the way let's say if, if you take the example of smoking if you see how smoking is going to be in a Serbian session or in, let's say, a UK session, you can see pretty big differences between there around like whether smoking is even going to be tolerated or not, or where people could actually smoke or how this would happen. Uh, if you look at how parties happen, how drinking happens, or how things are organized, do you use a a master plan do you not even use the master plan or how things are booked you know almost any part of the session you can start to realize how different it is per country and it's because at the end of the day each nc is just made out of a bunch of people from that country from that culture who are taking a similar kind of design but are always shaping it into their own so when we're kind of talking about this cohesiveness of uip well it's actually 
not very cohesive you know yeah. we have these loose structures we can identify but it's just a whole bunch of different countries and cultures <laughs> doing a similar thing yeah but at the same time like i don't know i it allows you to do you know what that's what's weird it's like because we're so different we're also all the same because we have those differences right like you can kind of abstract it and say okay well at the essence of it it's still an nc it's just like yeah it just depends on like how far you want to abstract it but i guess like what i what I learned the most as well is like because of EYP I don't know even because I'm obviously not from the UK but I'm studying in the UK right now I I felt super integrated like for some reason and I know the UK is seen as like a as like a little like the the black sheep of Europe or whatever but I still felt like I was like super integrated because of all those experiences and because I was able to you know kind of understand cultural norms as just it's not something that you should necessarily like of course oh this is hard to explain but it's something that you should appreciate but it's something that is just so like it just exists like it's not something to necessarily mess with it's just it's something that's there and having to navigate your way through it it's just that's just i guess the the essence of you know cultural exchange it's just if that makes any sense i feel like i'm getting super yeah. like <laughs> like super far away from uh what <laughs> but uh i think i think i'm i think i know what i mean but i hope listeners yeah, do that, too <laughs> that makes that makes total sense like from, from my understanding you know you're talking about the difference between uh some kind of like cosmopolitan integration versus an assimilation where when you kind of assimilate you're saying there is one way of doing things and then everyone has to like adapt to that one yeah. whereas with this more cosmopolitan like integration side it's the understanding that there are different people who have different norms who have different values who have different cultures and then you just understand that that is a fact of life and that is a way and you learn how to kind of work within that and that's what we do anyway yeah you work with different people in different cultures with different value sets and you still have to get the same job done and it's not saying okay you need to lose those values <laughs> lose that culture lose that thing it's like no we're gonna work with everything and then still get there Ex that's literally exactly what i was trying to say <laughs> in just much better words so thank you for that <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah and I, I i think like that's like my main thing that i realized here as well like i i definitely learn to appreciate british culture and everything but it wasn't something like i have my i have my opinions about it obviously but it's not something that i like i don't think like i don't place too much value onto it it's more just me having to you know i just know how to now socialize with people that are just that grew up differently than me that had you know a different cultural a, a different cultural framework to work with and you know and it, it comes to little things like different kinds of humor different ways of expressing sadness or happiness and and you have to it's it's just super interesting it's just just a very 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 interesting way to go through life if you think of everything as you know something that you're observing as a phenomenon like i think that's that's what i try to do most of the time is that if i see something a bit that I guess shocks me or whatever I see it as something to observe and it's like oh that's fascinating and even with my like mental health as well like if I ever express a thought in my head and I think oh that was a bit of a weird one and like oh why did I <laughs> what why did my brain go there I'm like 
that's fascinating. Like, okay, cool. That's how my brain works. And then it allows me to separate the intensity and the feelings part of it and allows me to see it for what it is. And I think that's super cool. That is really cool. <laughs> it's a coping mechanism, I think. And it applies to so many things. Like, I mean, like I said, it can apply to mm-hmm. you personally in your brain and it can apply to people so if a person is expressing themselves in a very angry way you're like whoa you know why (laughs) and then you start to think oh why you don't think oh why are they angry at me or you don't you don't take it personally you just think cool let's work through this like let's let's see where we're we can get what we can get out of it nice (laughs) Uh, like what what you described is also like the core structure of uh, nvc like non-violent communication like the communication method around like having more uh, empathetic communication towards people around you uh like uh, one of the trainings i was on for this like a a beautiful way of imagining it is think of uh, an nvc structure or at least part of that structure a bit like a giraffe where the eyes are really far away from the heart where you observe something and then yes you feel things but then you're able to distinguish between what you're actually observing and (laughs) it's true a a giraffe has a very 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 that's a cute way to put it (laughs) right right (laughs) yeah that's actually really that's such a good way to visualize it like yeah absolutely that's i think that is the way to that is the way to interact with people it's like you i never i didn't know the term for it but now I, i'm going to definitely look it up because it's exactly yeah. what i do nvc yeah. nonviolent communication it's a it's a cool little tool definitely recommend <laughs> i was going to go into like another like buddhism parallel that also kind of loops that in but it's like no that's going to be too <laughs> oh no go <laughs> too far why not go for it like i'm up for it <laughs> Well, through what you described there a lot about trying to separate, uh, tr- trying to like, let's say, notice things. So it's all about like noticing things and whatever happens in your mind or in your heart or around you or stuff like this. It's all just about like noticing them and almost co- kind of creating a little bit of space between you and it through the noticing part. That's one of the core parts of v- Vipassana, which is like within Buddhism, is you're, you're separating the things that are happening and then your reaction to them. And if there is any kind of reaction, you also separate yourself from that reaction mm. uh, by by changing it into a physical sensation. So like, and I, if something shocks you, then that shock is physically felt somewhere. And then you notice that. And by noticing that, you've created now a gap between yourself and the shock because you've now noticed it. And it's all about that idea of awareness and almost distancing yourself from all these things to be able to see them in their true, from a true lens. Yeah, that's literally exactly it. Because it's just, it's such a relief, you know, it's it's like a, it's just a massive, just weight off your shoulders if you're able to, because emotions are heavy, like they're, they're super heavy. And I think, especially, I think during the the pandemic and everything after, it's just been a lot of just confusion like tumultuousness and it's just you don't really feel you feel like you're in a constant state of like fight or flight and it's you have to kind of learn techniques to handle the emotions that come with that and like I definitely had outbursts for no reason then I would think like whoa like why did I like why did I react that way like that's not me and I think if maybe if that is something that any YP could be reflected on that'd be cool I mean if it's like a you know if it is something that you can you know, because I feel like you, because it's such a like small 
time and space and you have to work really hard and you know you're always engaged and you're always like stimulated it might be a way to kind of understand instead of saying like oh go take a break it's more like no like literally try and separate the emotions of it from the actual like what is actually happening but um no i i think yeah i, I think and I, I think that counts for like anything even i was i was talking to my friend about this as well like any kind of social phenomenon as well like it's uh, i think when you think about how fast our norms are changing and how fast um not even how fast our norms are changing but how many debates have ensued like regarding i don't know like poc uh discussions like you know lgbtq plus discussions it's you know pe- there's so much heat in them and there's so much i don't know there's a lot of passion and emotion in there and i think because obviously it's just these are very very powerful discussions but i think when you are especially when it comes to more conservative people like when you are confronted with a massive like a, you know something that appears as like a massive change to your lifestyle or whatever it's just it's just super helpful for people to just say like this isn't that bad like it's not like this is not that deep <laughs> like it's just people trying to live their lives to their fullest and i think once you start observing things as social pheno- as something incredible like it's amazing how fast our lives are changing and it's it's actually it's it's just super interesting like the world is really really interesting and i think once people can just make that like mental switch to not think of it as like a uh like why am i angry about this but instead say huh wow okay so we're heading that way now like it's it's just so it's just such a relief like my 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 heart already feels a lot lighter like one really cool resource if people or if some if some of our listeners want to take some concrete research into this on top of on top of the uh, nonviolent communication that uh, has some literature out there there's also a really cool online module called Dr. K's guide to mental health that has a module on well depression and anxiety but for this topic there's also one on meditation that goes through kind of the history and the science behind meditation and also goes into a lot of these different meditation meditation styles that would allow you to rephrase your thinking in this way and try to look into it. So if you're interested, then I definitely recommend that. That's really cool. And maybe maybe this is also a cool takeaway, which is what, we, what, what can we do with the UIP? What can we actually bring to the organization? Well, maybe it's less about saying we all need to be this way or we all need to go that way or to ban this or to ban that or completely restructure something and maybe what we need to bring is coping tools so you know we do lots of modules on leadership lots of modules on taking nice pictures on video editing on on logistics on all different cool stuff but what about bringing in modules on emotional agility on nonviolent communication on different aspects of meditation like bringing these kind of modules into uip where it could be open for delegates for chairs for orgs for journalists for 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 all teams to be able to attend this kind of stuff of the building a toolbox that's going to allow you to kind of cope with all these different experiences you're going to go through and to work through it in a more positive light so it being less about what exact experiences you're going to go through and no matter what they go through they'll be able to get more out of it yeah i 100 percent agree like that's such a fantastic idea because i think i think once you i think it's about really recognizing like what eyp is supposed to be like you know and i think we are very much moving I, I, clearly like by the way i'm seeing 
you know, people, the way they work and the structures that we have in place now, it's clearly moving in a direction where, you know, we are trying to prioritize mental health. And I think the step, and, and that's the problem. It's like mental health is something like the best thing that you can invest in for yourself is your mental health. That is the only thing that matters, like genuinely. And I think the problem is that those tools are not super accessible because they are expensive and it's, you know, it's super, and sometimes obviously if you're very lucky, you get it part of as like a benefits thing with your job. And depending on your university, sometimes the, the services are great, but sometimes they're overworked as well because like God knows like how much uni students actually go through, uh, like, and it's tough. Like it's, it's a, it's a really tough environment to be in. And, you know, I wish that those resources that we do have at top are kind of deceptive, like they're used in a way to help you cope with your own brain. Like, I think it's, yeah, because some, sometimes I genuinely hate my brain. It's it's something that you really have to, like, you have to really learn how to be comfortable with yourself. And I wish I was told that there you can't just keep on overstimulating your brain to compensate for whatever's going wrong <laughs> um and I sometimes literally have like my music blasting and then I'm playing Netflix and then I'm also like doing my work and it's like okay all to just numb anything else that's going on and it, that is also probably also how I dealt with EYP it's like I just want to not think about anything and just focus on something else and I think probably a lot of people are in the same place and that's not a nice thing <laughs> but yeah I think that'd be super cool if EYP were to actually try to implement non-academic, non, you know, necessarily skills-based or like technical skills-based modules. It'd be very cool. I mean, I've seen that. I've done those. It's, it, it has a very, I'll, it's, the feedback is always super positive. And you know what? Let's do a part in making this a bit more of a thing in the network. You're just listening to this. If you had these kind of experiences in EYP, either the personal coping method for these kinds of mental things or a module that you've seen someone deliver or delivered yourself within EYP setting or in another NGO, send us a message on Instagram. We'll put together an episode about this later to kind of gather these kinds of things that we can do within EYP and start to bring this more into the awareness of the organization. I definitely do, do see where you're coming at there. And when I was also thinking about that, I was thinking about like kind of two elements is one from an environmental point of view, definitely um, the world being at a standstill, even, even like the fact that there are less humans afterwards, like for the environment on a climate <laughs> level and stuff, like in terms of the climate, like <laughs> Nathan took this to a next level. It went from the pandemic was a <laughs> Thing to the pandemic was a good thing because it killed a lot of people. Okay, Arialdo, can we cut this bit out? <laughs> Definitely not cutting this out.